Welcome to the Sunday Times Politics Weekly, where we unpack the big political stories of the week. My name is Mike Siluma. On the show this week, we'll be looking at the increasing calls for President Cyril Ramaphosa to reshuffle his cabinet in light of the state's rather ham-handed response to this month's unrest, which caused much in terms of lives and damage to our economy. We'll also be touching on the government's economic interventions to turn things around in the wake of that violence. This icon is racist. I've never, ever been a spy. Can the PBS bank uh, loot? The problem is that pinky. I'll never subject myself to whiteness. I'm listening. Can you have consistency, Honorable Chair? Corruption was an Olympic sport. They will always win gold. This is not a shape. Can you please come in? This week, my guests are Unombumelelo Runji, who's a political analyst and project manager at Democracy Works Foundation, as well as Anisiwe Makinana, who's our parliamentary correspondent. Uh, welcome to the both of you. Uh, in, the, in the wake of the um, recent uh, unrest, some people call it riots, there have been calls for the president to reshuffle his uh, cabinet. Unombumelelo, can I start with you? If you were president, where would you start? Look, I think one of the um, considerations that we need to make was that it depends on how you look at the situation. The analysis has been that it was a, a security situation. And so obviously intelligence should have known what was going to happen. The police should have re- re- reacted preventatively to ensure that uh, the damage could be mitigated and that this should have been preempted. And so, of course, a lot of the calls are around uh, reshuffling the, the security cluster ministers and seeing how to strengthen particularly the intelligence as well as the defense and police uh, ministries. But of course, that's, that's not the, the only, I think, major issue when we look at the, the unrest and the protests. Uh, when we look at the underlying cause, because these riots are actually and the protests are actually part of a wave of protests that we've seen in South Africa since 2004. And um, it's really about the growing and deepening inequality that we see in the country. And so even though uh, the looting uh, and the protests became violent and became a security issue, this is actually more of a socioeconomic issue and and, and matter. And so much of the change has to come in terms of the, uh, uh, the socioeconomic policies that we see in the country. And to the extent that the cabinet reshuffle is going to change that or make that better, I'm not sure that, that, that that's actually going to assist. You can shift, you know, the head of defense uh, and, and uh, the, you know, the minister of, of, of intelligence, for instance, um, and say that they, they failed, uh, you know, to, to, to preempt this and, and therefore to equip police to be able to act preventatively and therefore you put somebody else in place, but that's not actually going to deal with the root issues and the root causes of such unrest. Yes, of course, they happened under the pretext of the arrest of a former president Jacob Zuma, but we do know that 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 these kinds of protests and this kind of discontent in the country has been uh, simmering and even bubbling over for 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 many years now. Um, you know, all these different strikes that we've seen, whether it's in the the the, the mining industry, the platinum sets, the 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 community uh, protests that usually we call service delivery protests, uh, the xenophobic. Uh, uh, violence or, or protest driven uh, in an attack of, of, of foreign owned shops and things like that. All of these are part of a way that signals the, the general discontent in society about the growing inequality, the unemployment, the 
unequal access to the good life that that we thought that the new South Africa and the Rainbow Nation would bring to all its people. Nombrelo uh, says that fundamentally we we're dealing with with socio economic uh, with with a socio economic crisis. But somebody might say yes, but there 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 was a political intervention that that in in other words the the spark that that lit the fire. What, what what's your reading? Yeah, I agree. Uh, Mike, that it was obviously sparked by the maybe arrest of the former president. Um, but the, 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 the manner in which the state could not respond uh, to, because these people didn't suddenly wake up and start burning trucks and shutting down highways. They announced it. Uh, it, it was out there on social media. They went on on, on, on mainstream media's warning that you arrest this man, there's going to be violence. So the fact that up to this day, we still do not know who are the masterminds uh, is, is worrying. And Pramak, if it were to happen again this weekend, um, do you really think the state would be able to preempt it, to avoid it, to counter it if it does happen? I do not think so. So I think we are in a much deeper, uh, in much deeper trouble than we, we, we think we are. And the fact is, uh, I agree with Mpumelelo, we may reshuffle cabinets, but it doesn't, it will not address the fundamental, the issues of, I think it's capacity. I think there's politics at play. Um, earlier this year in January, we had an, an attempted insurrection in America. And within a matter of days, Americans could identify who was behind it. People were being arrested. In our country, we've got a former DJ in court. The charges are not clear. And we're supposed to be comfortable and believe that you are on top of things. It's, re- it's really scary for me because I think if those people were to try it again, they would go as far as they uh, went last time or even further than that. Nambumulano, when you when you sleep at night, you know, given what what, what has just been described uh, by Andy Siwe, would you would you be comfortable that you are protected, that the state will protect you if something were to happen in the middle of the night? Uh, in other words, are they, are they are they on top of the situation? Could it happen again? Of course, it could happen again. Um, I, I completely agree. You know, with with with, with what has just been said. Um, remember, the capacity challenges in the state did not begin with the with the Jacob Zuma uh, um, influenced uh, insurrection, whatever it is that that we want to call it. Um, there have been challenges of capacity in the state for for some time now, and even in in, in the security cluster itself. Uh, if you look at the levels of crime in the country in general, and the spikes that we've been seeing in in organized crimes. Uh, you know, uh, you know, ticking up uh, the ticking up of 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 of, of uh, cash and transit heists and things like that over the years, and the fact that we're still not on top of of our violent crimes, particularly particularly sexual crimes and things like that, in terms of uh, prevention and protection and and investigation and and, and prosecution. Um, across the justice system. So um, I, I would not be more comfortable, uh, you know, uh, about saying that we, we, are, we are protected or that I could sleep better at night. I wasn't sleeping better um, even before this, this, this so-called insurrection, even before the looting and the riots. I mean, even before this, uh, we've seen these tactics happening on the N3, the burning of trucks. 
uh, to raise other issues. So this, these are not uh, uh, tactics that that are new that were used during this this looting spree. These are tactics that are well known, and so um, we should have been in a position if we did have. The, the intelligence capacity, we should have been in a position to, uh, to, 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 to prevent this. If you remember as well, remember the, the, the spree of the torching of schools across the provinces in our country. Um, it, it was very difficult for intelligence as well there uh, to, to identify the, the people who were behind that. And, and so we saw school after school being raided, being torched, uh, equipment taken, etc. And the intelligence could not prevent that. Uh, and the police could not be on top of that. So this is nothing new. The, the, the deterioration of the capacity of the state has been with us for quite some time. And, and it will continue this way until the, the core issues. And it's not a reshuffle that's going to, to, to sort this, this, this problem out. Where, where in, in, in your view, where, where is the holdup? Because it, seem, it seems very obvious, you know, from what what uh, uh, what you are saying and from what uh, Andy Siwe is saying, it, it seems very obvious that we, we do have a security problem. Um, so, so why, why in your view, what, what is the holdup in dealing with it? Because it seems self-evident. Yeah, so the thing is, um, we cannot treat these problems as, as in, in isolation from each other. So it's not just a security problem. That's why I began by saying that we need to understand these riots and these and the looting uh, within the context of the broader socioeconomic uh, disparities in our country and the discontent. There's often this idea that it is poverty that drives crime, uh, particularly violent crime. It's actually been, if you look at the, the research behind this, it's actually inequality that drives it. And if we continue with the, with the levels of inequality that we have, and it's not just income inequality, right? It's social inequality, it's spatial inequality, um, um, you know, that, that we have in our, in our society. Uh, it's asset inequality. It, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an inequality in terms of access to opportunities. If we don't begin to deal with those things, um, we will not be on top of our security problems. But then again, also, we need uh, uh, you know, police to do what police are called to do, intelligence to do what intelligence is supposed to do. The politicization of these institutions over the, the last uh, couple of, of, of decades uh, is also problematic. Uh, because then it is not necessarily these, these institutions have not been 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 uh, focused primarily on on dealing with um, these 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 security challenges that we find in our society. But often police are now mostly sent out there to 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 put out fires that are actually uh, the, uh, caused by these political issues, these issues that are fundamental that are not being sorted out. So police are sent to to go and deal with protesters, protesters that should have been dealt with by the municipality, public officials who are in charge of the issues that they're they're complaining about and discontented about. And so we are seeing a a security response to actually issues that are governance related and and political issues and issues of socioeconomic uh, um, disparities in our society. And, you know, if if I'm just an, an ordinary lay person, and, and average citizen, uh, and 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 I say yes, I agree. There must be a reshuffle because we can't carry on like this. We can't carry on doing the same thing and expecting different outcomes. What criteria should the president be using? In other words, would he be looking at uh, the, the 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 political consideration or political influence of particular individuals, or would he be looking simply at at the skill and the qualifications? 
and the ability to manage? Well, I suppose, Brahma, it has to be a consideration of both um, experience, skills, qualifications. But, you know, I mean, we I understand that both, for instance, the Minister of Defence is a military-trained person. The Minister of Intelligence, I understand, has got some background in military training and maybe intelligence training. So you would say that they are qualified politically and in terms of experience, and that doesn't seem to be working out uh, so well for South Africa. So, But also I feel the president is limited in terms of uh, the pool from which he has to choose his executive. So I think it's also very important to ask uh, ourselves of the security generals that are the the commissioners, the actual uh, officials that have to be involved in operations of the uh, state security cluster. So you, you, you have to consider that layer as well. Do we have the appropriate persons in those positions? A few weeks ago, um, the police minister was on TV. He was asked who is the head of military of, of, sorry, of crime intelligence. His response was a shocking, I do not know. The police minister says on TV, he doesn't know who is the head of crime intelligence. So we have those um, issues as well that I think that's where I would go uh, with the officials, with the people that must come in to get the job, must bring in their CVs, are they qualified for those positions? Even before you go to the politicians. For me, it's worrying. Like after days after the, the riots, uh, parliament had a, a portfolio committee meet, uh, meeting the, the committees of police and the committees of defense. They invited the politicians. And we only found out later that neither the national commissioner of the police nor the Wazulu Natal Commissioner of Police were present in that meeting. So for me, you had a meeting of politicians and I think in reality, there wasn't much that was going to come out of those meetings. So I think we we absolutely have to go back and look at the people that are employed, not deployed, the people that are employed in these positions. And you can do whatever with the cabinet, but if you have solid, qualified, skilled people in positions, I think half your problems would be solved. The problem seems to see, and it sits at more than one level. In other words, it, it, it sits at the top, but also it sits uh, fed on the chain. Yes, I agree. I agree with that. Um, you know, we, 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 have, we don't have just uh, political problems in terms of leadership. Uh, in our government, we also have operational problems um, where the police don't seem to know uh, what to do in what situation. And that's why we've seen such a, a crisis since, you know, if, if we also look back at what happened in Marikana and the response there. Um, and again, it was very unclear where the directors were coming from uh, in the police leadership, who was to be held accountable um, and, and what were the expertise and what were the commands, etc., you know, so, so that we're given. And, and so we've got to fix things, not just at the, the, the political level. Uh, it's, it's actually also at, at the operational level. Uh, but, but of course, those, those people are also guided by, by the actual uh, policy outlook of the government of the day as well. What is it that we're trying to achieve? What is it that, is it that the government is actually trying to achieve, you know, um, and that's why, that's why I will reiterate that we cannot deal with these issues in isolation. Um, you know, the this, this security problem is not just a security problem in and of itself. 
it's created by certain conditions and a certain context on the ground, a certain context in, in, in society, in the economy. And, and if we don't begin to have a more coherent governance approach to these problems, we are going to see a lot of this, uh, uh, this, 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 this harmony and discrepancy in responses. Um, and, and clearly the center is just not holding, you know, there's just no, no sense of an overarching um, um, vision and directive as to what it is that we're trying to achieve, whether it's in, in, in the sec security uh, uh, cluster, whether it's economically, et cetera. There's just this incoherence, and that's what we need to deal with. And so, you know, just to go back a few steps, you, you, you mentioned almost as a throwaway, you know, line that the president is limited in, 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 in the availability of skills or talent, I, 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 you know, I suspect you're saying. What is limiting him? I mean, he's the president, you know, he should be able to get whatever he wants. <laughs> uh, Pramik, I was referring to the, to the cabinet. So the president can appoint people that are members of parliament and uh, the constitution gives them a very tiny leeway where he can choose only two people that are not MPs to be members of his cabinet. So whatever he does, whoever he chooses, let's look at who is in parliament uh, currently. Uh, otherwise, you can bring in one or two people that are not in parliament. So when you're looking at who is in parliament, I don't know if you see an intelligence minister there. I don't know if you see a defense minister uh, from the pool that is already in parliament. That's what I was referring to. But that's frightening stuff. Nompomelelo, is that, are you seeing the same thing? <laughs> I mean, that, 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 that parliament has got like, what, 400 uh, MPs and... We don't have quite the material uh, for you know for who who can be deployed to lead effectively in in government. I actually want to frighten you more. It's even the pool is even less if you consider that uh, you know we we work on a on a partisan system. I know uh, our president has uh, uh, some uh, cabinet minister who's not from the ANC, but uh, you know, for for such strategic roles and strategic ministries, it would have to be uh, you know somebody from his party. So that pool actually shrinks a little bit more. I think. Look, I mean, there'd have to be a lot more uh, open mindedness and creativity about um, how it is that uh, the the governing party, the ANC, would look at filling these positions. It shouldn't just be about um, you know the balance of forces and the you know in terms of the factional uh, lines that are there in in the party. If if it were to be done more on the basis of um, qualification and capacity, and 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 you know strategically, perhaps there could be some some talent pool. You know, I I'm not going to say I'm an authority on the qualifications and and um, the 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 cap capacities and capabilities of the people who are holding all those uh, seats in parliament. But I do think there is a limitation if you if you if you begin to view it that way and understand how it is that that decisions about uh, such critical positions are made. It would not just be the president's decision. He would have to face uh, some some uh, he'd have to consider some of the other voices and opinions and see whether or not he has sufficient uh, support. And we know that that uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa does not have a strong, the strongest hold on the ANC and, and the NEC as well. So he is quite limited in terms of, uh, you know, who he can 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 select and who can effectively run those 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 departments.
Okay, and now to go to the other big story of this week, which is the government's economic relief package. Andy Siwe, would you like to tell us more about it? The Minister of Finance and his Treasury team called a press conference to sort of uh, put figures to what President Ramaphosa had announced on Sunday, um, that government will throw its weight behind uh, economic recovery, but also to assist businesses that were affected by the looting and the destruction that we saw earlier this month. So we government has managed to somehow find uh, 36 billion rand that will be used to support uh, this economic recovery, but also to provide some relief to uh, poor South Africans, uh, people that at the beginning of, that can't even get a peace, a, a peace job because of the lockdown regulations. And these are the people that uh, starting from last year were getting this social uh, relief of distress grant of 350 rand. So government had to find that money. We are told that we didn't borrow the money from anyone, but it was just reprioritized from some programs in the government. And um, they will reintroduce the, the 350 rand grant from next month. Uh, that will run until the end of the financial year, which is March 2022. And that will come at a cost of 27 billion. So somewhere they found 27 billion to continue this, um, this, this program. They will find money to make sure that the police and the army continue to keep peace and stability on the streets. This is a result of the unrest that we saw um, at, the, at the beginning of the month. And yeah, so, and also the South African Special Insurance um, Association, the state-owned uh, insurance company will also be paying out the claims as a result of that destruction. So that, yeah, that was uh, in the main announcement from yesterday. Uh, no, no, the, 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 I, I, can, I can easily understand uh, the financial support given to businesses, particularly small businesses, you know, many of whom, you know, as we know, might not even have been insured, you know. So one could say that you could give them a once-off uh, injection so that you get them back on their feet and then off they go. But in terms of the 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 the, the social uh, uh, interventions, you know, in individual grants, etc., is is that where our 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 our, our survival is going to come from? Is that where the solution is going to come from, you know, to, to deal with issues of poverty? So I think what the government is basically acknowledging is that um, poverty is a real issue. It's a real problem. People are really struggling to put food uh, on their tables on a daily basis. And when the economy is, is closed up like this and the freedom of movement is curtailed and people are unable to as freely access opportunities as they could have, perhaps if there wasn't a lockdown. You're going to have a lot of stress on households, a lot of stress on individuals. And so they're also beginning to recognize the point that I've, I've been making is that this is not just a security problem. This is a problem that requires interventions at the social and economic level. And you've got to begin to address that. And so I think this, 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 this grant is, is an acknowledgement of that. Of course, there are questions about uh, whether or not it's not linked to the fact that, uh, you know, uh, elections are coming up, etc. That's one thing. But I think it is important to provide this kind of a social net uh, under these circumstances. If you looked at a lot of the reports about the people who were actually going and looting, some of those people were not uh, opportunistic. They were looking for the basics, you know, and, and that shows you the level of desperation that we are seeing 
in the under this context. But we must also remember that uh, these conditions for a lot of our, uh, a lot of people uh, preceded uh, the the pandemic, and so there was going to have to be some kind of intervention. There are many organizations uh, in civil society that have been calling for a basic income grant across the board, you know, uh, and this this begins to, to to speak to that to a certain extent. I mean, there, there, there are some questions about sustainability, et cetera, but of course, this intervention has to work together with other interventions that have to do with, with uh, getting the economy going, getting uh, m- more sectors that, that actually are labor absorbing so that more and more young people who are, who are actually in the job market get jobs. Uh, that, that it needs to be accompanied by uh, industrialization, you know, and, and, and a, a building up uh, of, of the industrial capacity of our country uh, in manufacturing. We need to see more happening within the agricultural space. These are the more labor absorptive uh, sectors of our economy. And so we need to see that this kind of social intervention is also uh, going to be coupled with, with other economic interventions that are linked towards uh, a long-term solution uh, to the unemployment and poverty problem that we see that is driving actually one of the main drivers of uh, inequality in our country. Mm, mm. Well, folks, that's all we have time for on the Sunday Times Politics Weekly this week. Um, in the meantime, we wait to see what the president does, uh, what changes he's going to introduce and how far he's willing to go uh, to reimagine and refashion uh, the leadership, the political leadership uh, of, of our, our country. Uh, we'd like to thank our guests for this week's conversation. Uh, Nompumela Lorunji, who is political analyst and project manager at Democracy Works Foundation, as well as Andisio McKinnon, who's the Sunday Times parliamentary correspondent. And by the way, you can find a podcast of this conversation on iona.fm, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you prefer to source your podcasts. Until next time, stay safe, sanitize, wear the mask, and avoid crowded places. I'm Mike Siluma, signing off.